Welcome to the podcast, Meet My Potential, where Deepa chats with leaders around the world once a week or simply shares her insights. This podcast is for those who aspire to meet their highest inner potential. Each episode brings you one simple tool that you can apply at work or in life. Hello and welcome to this episode on You Are a Conditional Decision Maker, How to Break Free. Today we have with us Robin Colin. Robin is the head of operations at the Coaches Training Institute and loves helping people in making better decisions. Let's welcome Robin. Hi Deepa, thanks for having me here. Really pleased to be here. So hey, let's jump straight into the topic. Can you tell us what is a conditioned decision maker? Sure. Well, it's, it's, it's behind the idea that uh, human beings are highly susceptible to influences from our environment. And therefore, the decisions we make are not always in alignment with what's most true for us or most correct. So you're saying that people make decisions based on situations and based on not what is true for them? Yes, in some cases. Uh, it's fascinating. Of course, we get influenced by environment and that can be a good thing. Uh-huh. But, but it's like the it's bringing attention, firstly, curious attention to the fact that wow, are the decisions that we're making, and probably I'm speaking more to the big decisions in life, the big decisions, are we making them truly connected to like a truth? What is most correct for us? Mm-hmm. Or are our decisions influenced by other forces of all varying degrees that then ultimately end up not being most correct for us and point us in a different direction? Right. So the topic is also conditioned decision maker. So you're saying that we have been conditioned to make decisions in a certain way. So it almost feels a bit eerie, like we can tell what kind of decisions a person will make. Well, this is inter- this is great. And this is where I, I really must, maybe for the topic and specifically where I want to point us in this conversation. Yes, we can be conditioned by outside forces and that does happen. But I want to point specifically to something that's unique in each, that's different and unique in each human being that points specifically to, for you, example, deeper, why you are more susceptible to some conditioning than me, for example, and I'm more susceptible in other areas to you. And that is something I want to point our attention to that, that every human being in my belief, especially those who are interested in self-development, let's call it Mm self-development. We want to understand this about ourselves because we are that conditioning force when we understand that, oh, I'm more susceptible in this area, I can put more attention on it. And, and as I'll describe a little bit further down in this conversation is the areas where we are more susceptible to conditioning are the areas where we are, it's almost like in my experience of it, and I know it's true for others, it's like the, I call it the not self. It's like, it's like addictive. The, mm-hmm. These areas where I get conditioned, wow, there's such strong forces in me. And it's like, it's, I, I don't want to call it a weakness. It's a behavioral tendency that is not right for me. And it shows up in my life fiercely. And I'll give you some examples just now. Sure, I, yeah. Talk yeah. us through some examples because what you're saying seems to me like we are following certain patterns or certain ways of making our choices in this world. So yeah, if you can give us some concrete examples, that'll be good. Well, I love that. And I love the word patterns because that's exactly what it is. There are patterns that play out in our life. And of course, we can explore these patterns through so many different lenses. And what I'm offering us here is another lens. Okay. Right? 
is another okay. lens. Okay, well, let's just jump into a quick example. Sure. I, I, you know what? It's it's Christmas time. Christmas Day is in a, in a little while. And let me just, I'm just going to paint a very, probably what's a common scenario. It's Christmas. We have, we're, we have a family and we've got the in-laws, you know, the parents and family on either sides of the, of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And where, where are we going for Christmas Day lunch? Let's say you want to go to your family and your partner wants to go to their family and you can't go to, to the same altogether. Yeah. So understandably, there's a lot of dynamics at play here. Mm-hmm. This, this is just a random, simple example. There's sure. a lot of dynamics at play. Yeah. I'm pointing to something like that is suggesting that there is a unique design beyond what you learn in life. There is a unique design. And let's say your partner has a very strong sense of self and is quite okay engaging in passionate dialogue, which also with expressing strong emotion. Let's say they're okay. I'm going to argue and I have a belief that that is in that person's design and they, they are quite happy with that. And then let, that's your partner. And let's say you, on the other hand, are actually most uncomfortable engaging in such passionate conversation and typically will avoid confrontation, will avoid such confrontation. I will go as far as saying that is specifically in your design. And rather than it being a fundamental problem around your communication skills or confidence issues, and you've got to work on that, which you may need to do. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say is that if it's actually in your design and that specific thing in, in who, your unique design as a human being, there is a, there's a, two versions of it. One version is, is not the best, and that's where we let it run us and get conditioned by the person in front of us. And the other version is where we face it and we transcend that limitation. So the, coming back to this example, this per, you, let's say, who avoids confrontation. I'm not talking to you, Deepa. The sure, but I, I get it, yeah. You avoid confrontation is your default. You, you typically avoid that kind of confrontation. You're much more likely to not speak your truth, what's really true for you, and your partner, will, who's the much stronger and goes for it, will get their way, and you'll go with that. Now, this isn't about getting your way over someone else's, but it's rather you've not had a healthy, open dialogue. And if that's showing up in this little example in mm-hmm. the Christmas lunch, right? the same example of avoiding confrontation or mm-hmm. avoiding speaking what's really true for you, that mm-hmm. shows up in every other area of your life. And what happens there is you're sacrificing yourself. Mm. So there are some conditioned ways of our behavior, of our way of being that shows up in every other aspect of our life. So it's almost as if you can somehow predict how someone will be making their decisions and choices. Exactly. So when I, I work with private clients in a coaching capacity and we touch on this system, which I'm going to, which I'll mention this, I call it like a roadmap. And it's so, it just reveals such truth. Cause if you, if I go, Oh, I've looked at, we're looking at your, let's say your chart, let's call it a chart. And it's like, wow, this says, this says that you likely have a tendency to avoid confrontation. Is that true? And if the client goes, wow, yes. Then we explore that and see how it shows up in their life mm-hmm. and then realizing how their environment, people, situations, either, well, typically without the awareness of this, make that behavioral tendency much more likely and you'll continue avoiding confrontation and truth and that'll end up driving your life and you're going to end up somewhere at the end of your life or down the track, not where you really want to be because of the single, and there's many more. Here's the challenge. There's not just one. There are many. And I'll give you my personal examples. But just because of this one conditioning factor of avoiding confrontation, yeah. you're going to end up somewhere one day and going, damn, I'm not happy where I am because I didn't take a stand. 
Oh, yeah. And that's a pattern that keeps getting repeated time and over again until one day the pressure cooker just explodes. Exactly. Exactly. And and this this is another lens I'm offering, and I'll point to it specifically a bit later. Wow. Look through as many lenses as you need to, I say lens, look at many different things, systems, ideas, methodologies, until you find one or more that really works for you. Why? Because ultimately we're, we're complex, high, with high potential, complex beings with such high potential, we need to learn how to drive this being that is us. Mm. Can you give an example of a challenge someone can face due to their conditioning? Well, here, let me tell you my, uh, let me give you a personal sure. one. This is for me. Good. Yeah. There's actually two because they're so closely related, but they, t- they are two separate things. And I'm just going to give you the wording of them. One, a behavioral tendency of mine, not knowing when enough is enough. Hmm. Number two, always rushing to free myself of the pressure. Now, those two things are separate, but you can see how they play together. Never knowing when enough is enough and always rushing to free myself of the pressure. I am aware because of my learning and years of study of the system, how these two things play out. But I tell you how those two things as a driver, and then of course, my environment, be it work, partnership, friends, whatever, the pressure I feel from my environment is immense. And that's because it's, I'm going to claim something that might be bold for many people. That is fundamentally hardwired into my design. I call my design, my my genetic makeup. Mm -hmm. And it runs me. And if I haven't got to where I am, my awareness of it, trust me, it still hasn't gone completely. But having got the awareness of that, I can feel it. I can actually feel it happening in my day to day. And then I get to choose. And I design my life. I I create my life in certain ways that go, oh, I recognize that. I don't have to now rush. And I don't have to rush constantly. I can just pause and say, I'm going to let that pressure rub off me. And actually, I'm going to build, um, what's the word, milestones in my diary or agreements with friends and relationships and work colleagues that helps me validate when enough is enough. Because just generally, I just keep going. I just keep going until I'm exhausted. Mm. And, I, and I've, in my life, I've designed things around which has helped me go, actually, that is enough. It's almost a mantra of mine. That is enough. I actually have to say that to myself. That is enough. So these two things... I met someone, uh, actually a, a colleague who I've known for a long time, but only got into this conversation yesterday. She contacted me and wanted some advice. And we went through a long conversation. And during this conversation, I couldn't help but say, hey, I need to share this something with you. She did this report, came back, and as expected, this particular thing plagues her as well, not knowing when enough is enough. And it drives you. And if you do not face this and understand that it's, very, it's, like it's almost hardwired in you, where this leads eventually is burnout. Oh, yeah. Because when you keep giving and giving and trying to make everything perfect or do more than what is necessary, you'll never know when to make the call. When is it enough? Exactly. And, and you know, you may think, oh, this is common for everyone. Exactly. Everyone's, yeah. everyone's busy and everyone has some version of this as in some version of we live in a very fast-paced world, et cetera. That's exactly what I was thinking. You just read my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, and there, there is that. And let's call that a, a huge conditioning factor in our world. Some people are, let's, I'm just going to use this language, designed. Some people are better adept at working to that pressure and going for it and 
working flat out and, and exhausting their energy each day than others. We have this problem in our world where we, we haven't yet fully celebrated because we're not yet fully aware of the, the intriguing uniqueness of individuals, of each type of person. And this is what I love about this system that I work with, is it really points at such detail to the uniqueness of each individual. So yes, broad brush, everyone's busy, we work in a fast-paced world and we're all tired and we never know when enough is enough. Sure, broad stroke. But the, I would say 70% of the population are almost designed to be with that and they can cope. And there's other people who actually can't and they're actually conditioned to an unhealthy place. So we're kind of like getting to the juicy part of the conversation, which is like, how do you know what people are conditioned to? Because, you know, as we're working in this field of self-awareness and as much tools as we'd like to have, it's hard to kind of see what are the patterns that I've been following in my life and what is it that I can cope with or I can't cope with. Like, as you just rightly mentioned, for some people, it's normal piece of everyday business to be rushed, to get a lot done, whereas for someone else, it's not. So how do you know whether A or B person can cope with it or not? Well, here's the thing. thing. I want to make a comment about various types of personal assessments, be it personality typing, Mm -hmm. I can think of a whole bunch that will that are all different flavors of it. Over my years of experimenting, exploring, and doing all versions of these, I've learned to come up with an issue. I take issue with any system that I to tell me my truth that I have to answer questions. I have to give my input in order for something, a report, to tell me back who I am. The issue I take with that is I do not always, I don't trust that I am always personally me connected with what is most correct for me, my truth. Because if I am conditioned, if I have a conditioning element to me, the answers I'm giving into any system are going to mirror back to me a report of my conditioning. Exactly. So that brings me on to this system. What I love about this system, and you need to stretch your mind depending on your openness to the more out there things. This is called, it's called human design. Mm -hmm. It's based on birth data, specifically time of birth data, it's more than astrology. It goes, they call it a science of differentiation. You need to look into it yourself and get a flavor for it. But what I like about it is you, you put in some birth data, country and city, specifically the time of birth, and it spits out a chart at the very basic level. And you can go extensively deep on this, which is pretty wild where this information originates from. But you can go extensively deep into this detail. And what I've come to really appreciate through years of skepticism, I might add, I've come to appreciate just through the accuracy of my life and the people I work with, I don't get to choose. This says, this at your time of birth, at your conception and then time of birth, this is how you entered this world. And again, you have to be somewhat open to the fact beyond just flesh and meat on bones, that there is an energetic force influencing our world, that there is energetic, and you don't have to stretch too far these days into different fields of science to, to get into this that there are energetic influences in our world. And this system speaks to that and says that every human being has an energetic imprint and provides you a chart, which I refer to as like a map of you. And then there's varying depths of levels of material you can access, in my experience, only when I'm open to it and integrate certain details can I access deeper and deeper levels of, I'm going to say, my complexity. Because human beings are complex. And this particular system has revealed nothing I've come across anywhere 
makes more accessible the complexity that is the human being. Thank you. Thanks, Robin, for sharing that. And I must say that I have done my own human design chart. I've come across my own chart. And I must say it was extremely informational. I was at first shocked by the truth and the veracity of the details that I got about my own self from that. Wow, that's so great to hear. (laughs) And I do vouch that just by entering your date of birth and your place of birth and your time of birth, how much information you can have about the patterns and about your own conditioning. And if I may just add, having that information helped me to take a path of lesser resistance. Mm, Exactly. So... The question I'd like to ask you is how can how did you come to choose a path of lesser resistance with your own examples and what do you suggest for people out there? Oh my goodness. I mean, I couldn't have worded it better. A path of less resistance, not to mean no resistance, but like less resistance, meaning like why swim against the river? Mm-hmm. We again conditioning factors. We celebrate heroes in our society who have built empires and been up at four o'clock in the morning and have sweat blood all day, seven days a week for 50 years. We celebrate them. Why? Because they're fueling a consumer economy and everyone must do the same. Well, bollocks. That's, that's a conditioning factor on its own. And that might be true and good for a small percentage of the population. If it's not right for you, if it is not correct for you, that resistance you speak of, you are going to be striving so hard for an outcome that is just not correct for you. So how you live a life of less resistance, learn your design, self-awareness. This is what it's about. Become self-aware, deeply self-aware. Develop a community of friends and colleagues or or, uh, therapists or coaches or whatever it is to support you on that journey. And And then the hard work comes along. And the hard work is, and trust me, I've been studying this for years. And as enlightened as I am in this system, I still face my challenges. It's designing into your life with discipline and courage to go, no, that's not correct for me. Even though the world at large, I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. I believe based on everything I've learned, Mm -hmm. I am not, I do not fit the two person bond pairing. The typical thing that we see in our world of man, woman, man, man, woman, but whatever it is, bonding in a two-person relationship for life, like bond for life. That's right. That is clearly in the system is actually only ultimately correct for half the population, but that's the general view of the world. And I've had to come quite hard to accept that I can be in relationship, and I'm not talking about some crazy open relationship with lots of people, but I have intimate knowledge, which is far too complex to share here, that I've come to accept it is not correct for me to maintain a single bond pairing. I cannot stay in a relationship with one person. Yes, you can bastard out, you can throw things at me and tell me I'm a man and I've got all these emotional issues. Well, I've done some deep work over my life and I've come to a place of just realizing based on this truth, it's not correct for me. So to, to design a life and to stand up against things that are just so not common and to when people hear and want to talk to me about it, they come with this conditioned script about what's wrong with you that you can't hold a relationship. You know, what's wrong with you? It's not right. You're going to be alone. You, sh- you need someone in your life. That's the most common conditioning in our world. You need someone. You can't be single. What a failing. I'm sorry. That's just so not true for me and, and a good portion of our population. 
And that takes courage to stand up to that and design and to take action and to design your life appropriately. Excellent. Fantastic example. Just like uh, as Christmas is around the corner, but I know that when people will listen to the podcast, it's going to be January. But you might recollect that Christmas dinners are what is conditioned to see in what is conditioned in our society of big family Christmas dinners may not be true for everybody. So this is just, uh, Robin, thanks for sharing your personal example here. But there are so many, so many examples of conditioning that we receive from our environment. And we push those decisions and those conditioning, those ways of being into us as being normal. And it may not be who we truly are. And as you just mentioned, we need to recognize who we truly are and lead a life of lesser resistance. That's live a uniquely differentiated life that is more correct for you. We'll always have our challenges and there might be some, but it's not resistance. That's the thing. Stop battling against yourself. Mm-hmm. So what's a tip that you can give people so that they can break free from the conditioning? Well, the bit, you know, the tip has to start. Just the number one tip, go and grab your free. It's free. Go and find out your birth time. That's always the more tricky one for most people. Find out your birth time. Go in. There's many pla- There's a few places around the internet you can find this. One is very simply humandesign.info, you know, www.humandesign, one word, .info. And go and input your chart data and receive your first chart. And regardless of how this, what impact this has had on you, just be curious. Be curious, be open, you're welcome to discard it and think this is nonsense and you're not interested, fine, but just be curious. Go have a look at your chart and see what comes up for you. Great. Okay. Thank you. And can people contact you if they want to talk to you about it? Yeah, of course. I'm always welcome to receive emails. In fact, I just love looking and sharing uh, comments around other people's charts because the more charts I look at and work with people, the more it validates the system to me. Excellent. Great. Thank you. And before we say goodbye, can you share one open message with the people? Yeah, I think as an opening message, it would be a little bit of a a repetition of some of the points here. It's like you need courage. And there's a thing around, which is a phrase I love. I read somewhere in a book years ago, ruthless self-compassion. (laughs) have, you know, really nurture ruthless self-compassion because we're not perfect. We've all got our stuff we have to work through. And I tell you, we need to develop that curiosity with self-compassion to go and look into those. I don't even want to call them dark. I just want to call them these behavioral tendencies and patterns in our lives. We need to have a good look at those in order to transcend them and become more of who we are. Thank you. Thanks so much for being here with us. It's been an absolute pleasure, Deepa. Thanks very much. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to know more how you can meet your potential, check out www.meetmypotential.com. That's www.meetmypotential.com. Join us again. And until then, stay cool.